eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live, episode number eight. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside Trey Biddy and Danny West over on the team at hogsports.com. Three in a row, people. That's a winning streak. Three SEC wins in a row for the Razorbacks, who looked as good as they have all season against Ole Miss last night. We're going to break down that game, everything that went into it, and then we're going to preview what's a really intriguing matchup Saturday at Oklahoma State in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. We'll get to your questions and comments, maybe touch a little bit on the recruiting side of things today. All that and more coming your way. Welcome in once again to Hog Hoops Live. All right, everybody. Before we get always before we get started, as always, I do want to remind everyone all the ways that you can watch and listen. Please hop on our Hog Sports page here on Facebook. Throw us a like. That way you can get notified anytime we're coming up live here. Uh, our Hogs Hoop Hog Hoops Live YouTube page. Make sure that you subscribe to that if you haven't already, so you can go back and check out all the videos. For you podcast listeners, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Make sure you give us a like, rate, review, any of those things to help us grassroots this thing. We would definitely appreciate it. Now, let's get down to business. You know, last time we met, we were coming off of that win against Auburn, a game, you know, you kind of hoped it would have served as a turning point for the Razorbacks. You know, they'd been struggling, obviously had the tough week on the road, LSU and Alabama, all of a sudden, you know, you're down 19 to Auburn. You, you battle back and get that big win. You think, okay, maybe maybe something, the tide has turned here. The flip is switched on for this Razorbacks team. You know, they go on the road and really destroyed a, a depleted Vanderbilt team. You know, does that, does that win move the needle? No, not, not really, not at all. But you did exactly what you were supposed to do, right? First back-to-back SEC wins of the season, evened up at 4-4 four and four in league play, had a little momentum heading into a, another really important week that started last night with, you know, a, an unconventional, and that's the word that Kermit Davis, their head coach, calls it, uh, Ole Miss team. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, I, w- I was a little bit nervous or concerned maybe going into that game. I, c- I just really hadn't seen enough yet from the Razorbacks to say, yes, this team has has turned the corner. But, like I said, probably one of the most complete performances of the season last night. I, I mean, I guess you could aug- argue that uh, that Auburn game on the road was a really nice one, but I thought Arkansas looked really good last night. Speaking of Auburn, I mean, for anyone who watched the broadcast on television, I, I watched some of the, I was at the game last night, I watched some of the replay this morning, 
you would have thought the Hogs were playing Auburn again. I mean, it was a love fest for Sharif Cooper the entire night. I mean, the guy's incredible, don't get me wrong, but my goodness. I mean, do you announcers even do any of your prep work <laughs> you know, in terms of what game you were covering? Here's a stat for you guys. Arkansas, 2-0 and against Auburn this year. Beat their tails in their own gym. Beat them with Cooper a week ago. Would have been nice to hear that mention. Anyway, back to the game. You know, Arkansas, Ole Miss was hot coming in. You know, those, those guys had won two in a row just like Arkansas. Um, you know, they come in with a top 20 rated defense in terms of defensive efficiency. You know, last week they held two SEC teams under 50 points, held A&M 250 and, and held uh, Mississippi State, a good Mississippi State team, to 46. So, uh, you know, you had to wonder, are the Hogs going to be able to score on these guys? That You got the top scoring offense in the league against one of the best defenses, and really that magic number was 65. You know, found a stat that in, in games where – uh, Ole Miss opponents scored 65 or more. Ole Miss was 0-6. If, if they held them below 65, they were 8-0. So that was kind of the magic number. The Hogs scored 74. Quite honestly, they could have scored 80 or more uh, if they didn't kind of take the air out of the ball late. But they had the luxury of being able to do that. When you when you build up a lead the way that they did, up, up 20 at one point in the second half, uh, they kind of coasted down the stretch. Ole Miss made a couple mini runs there, but they never really got back into it. It's well done. 74 to 59 was the final. You know, so, hey, you, you take a look at it. You got an Arkansas team that's 13 and 4 now, overall. Above 500, moved to 5 and 4 in SEC play, which is a hell of a lot better than the 2 and 4 that they were a week ago, right? Things were a little hairy early in the game. You know, I, I feel like the first few minutes, uh, you know, Ole Miss was playing a little bit more physical. Maybe they had more energy. I don't know, but seemed like they were really aggressive on the boards. They were getting to the loose balls. They just looked uh, to be the aggressor. They were physical in there. It seemed like they were kind of bullying Arkansas early. And I was thinking, uh, I don't know. <laughs> better, better turn it on here. But I thought the game really flipped for good as soon as Devo Davis subbed in. I mean, what an incredible performance. I don't even know what to say. It, his, his energy and hustle is incredible. He was on a different level than the other nine guys on the floor. His his team and Ole Miss, in terms of just his effort level and, and his ability to – he's just playing faster and more aggressive than everyone else out there. It was really impressive. You know, steals, deflections. He was getting his hands on everything near him, really a pest defensively. And then he was flying up the floor in transition and finishing in traffic, which was really good to see. You know, honestly, Ole Miss, you know, they came in – very slow tempo team, right? They like to grind you out defensively, try to try to play a you know a, a creepy pace. Devo sped the game up by himself. <laughs> I, I, I thought he I thought he really really played well. You know I thought honestly the defense for Arkansas I, I I felt like fueled the offense last night. And what I mean by that you know they didn't force a lot of turnovers. I think Ole Miss only turned the ball over uh, I want to say nine times, but. Arkansas was really hard to score on last night. You know, honestly, aside from some tough, contested mid-range jumpers. By the way, how many long twos and mid-range jumpers did Ole Miss shoot? I've never seen a team shoot more mid-range jumpers than Ole Miss, and they shoot them well. It's crazy. I mean, they had their heels on the three-point line just burying them, whether it was Shuler or Joyner or whoever. 
you take one step back <laughs> to the three-point line and, and they can't they can't make anything. They're one of 16. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. But that's what you want. You'll settle for those shots all day if you're the Razorbacks. But I felt like, you know, even though they weren't forcing a lot of turnovers and converting those in transition, Arkansas did a really nice job of getting stops, which allowed them to push the ball up the floor at their own pace, and they didn't allow, allow Ole Miss to get back and get set in their zone defense. And that was a key. Because yeah, you could see when Ole Miss would get a bucket and they could set up in that 1-3-1 one, one trap or whatever, which I thought Arkansas did a great job of navigating around that and attacking it as opposed to when they saw it against LSU, for example. Uh, but not allowing them to get set in that and, and you know just be waiting for you to come, that was great. So getting those stops and getting up the floor was really a key. Arkansas did a pretty good job of taking care of the ball. You know, if you look at some of the past games for Ole Miss, they, they're turning people over over 20 times a game uh, in some recent games. I think they're forcing like 18 uh, per game with their opponents. Arkansas did a nice job. They were a little careless early again when, when Ole Miss was the aggressor in the first few minutes. They were getting some open court steals, uh, going coast to coast in transition and getting a couple dunks. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't like this. Uh, but they really tightened up. And I thought did a good job of, of navigating. Kermit Davis is a good coach, especially on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, they will do that 1-3-1 one, one half-court trap. They'll drop it back into a 2-3 zone. They'll, they'll drop it back and match up in man. Uh, so really, not just throwing different looks at you, but throwing different looks at you in the same possession. So if you're Arkansas, uh, you know, or the point guard like Jalen Tate, you've really got to be aware uh, you know, not just taking care of the basketball and watching, you know, for them to be jumping passing lanes or bringing a double and things like that. But you got to see what they're in and get your guys going accordingly. I thought he did a really good job of that on the front end. And then you have a guy with the basketball IQ of a Justin Smith on the back end and Connor Vanover, who's a really smart player, who can kind of help direct some traffic there. So I thought they did a nice job. Really efficient. I, I thought they – you know, they were patient but aggressive at the right time to attack the basket. 7 to 17, I think it was from three. I'll pull up the stat sheet in a minute. But the threes that they took, for the most part, again, there were some early that were a little bit forced. But as the game started to get into its own flow and own pace, I thought they really had good shot selection from three. And when they do, you see that this team can really shoot it. Led by 12 at half, it was 37 to 25 at halftime. And you really. You felt like Arkansas pretty much had the game put away at halftime. I did. You know, against a team like Ole Miss that doesn't score in bunches, uh, you know, if, they, if they're put in that position, they have to do it. They really struggle. So, you know, being up a dozen to me is like being up 20 at halftime against a team like that. So I thought they did a nice job. And taking a look at, at the stats here. In terms of shooting percentages, you know, Arkansas was really efficient. 48% from the field, that's solid. 7 to 17, that's 41% from three. Uh, converted their free throws, 71%, 15 to 21. They won the battle on the glass. Those are all things that you want to see. That was really well done. Held an Ole Miss team to 59 points. I mean, that's excellent. You see one of 16 on threes. That's what Musselman's been talking about all year. That's kind of, you know, a flashback to, you know, last year's team that was number one in the country in terms of defending the three. So really nice job from that standpoint. Now, don't get me wrong, outside of Devontae Shuler, uh, Ole Miss doesn't really have a lot of shooters. But 
still, that, that's got to give you some confidence and some momentum moving forward. And Musselman even said that's the first time this year, and they've had some other games where they've held teams down from the perimeter, but that's the first time this year that he felt like they looked the part. They were doing the things that he wanted them to do in terms of defending the three. So good to see. You know, taking a look at, at some of these guys, J.D. Note snapped out of his slump. You know, over the course of the last three games, he'd only scored 12 points combined. And I know a lot of people have been frustrated because it's like, man, this guy's just, just beating the ball into the hardwood, dribble, dribble, dribble. Uh, it kind of seems like he's forcing things, turning the ball over some. Was really out of sorts. And we've, we've seen him, and not just in the non-conference, he's had big games in SEC play where he can take over offensively. And, you know, Musselman's been working with him a lot on kind of getting him uh, kind of retraining his mindset maybe to play like more of a point guard because when Jalen Tate's out of the game, he has to. And in late game situations, when you need buckets, at least you like to have the ball in Note's hands because of the way he can create. So trying to get him a little bit more wired to still be a scorer, but take better shots and understand the difference between a good shot and a bad shot or a good shot and a great shot. And then also getting teammates involved. Thought he did a nice job, limited the turnovers, Shot selection was better, three of six from three. Those are all things that you like to see from him. And if he can give you that, uh, you know, obvious, and this is the theme for the team, but consistently moving forward off the bench, that makes Arkansas a dangerous team. You know, Note's buddy, Connor Vanover. You know, again, I, I know as a fan base, we've kind of been hard on on Connor at times. Uh, but I've I've said over and over again, you know, listen, there are going to be games where he's just not able to be a factor. The matchups just don't work out for him. There will be games that are better for him. Hey, you play one of the slowest teams in the country <laughs> like you did last night against Ole Miss who has a, a traditional big that you know plays block-to-block -block like Romello White, that's a good matchup for Connor Vanover. Look at the difference he made when he was able to be in there. He did a really nice job. Okay. Eight points, what was it eight points, seven boards, five blocks. Okay, Bl getting all those block shots, protecting the rim. That's that's one of the reasons, you know, obviously making the three pointers and things like that. But the way he was blocking shots early in the season, that's what excited people. You, you know, you got a little bit of rim protection finally, right? And you saw that slip lately. One, he's got Justin Smith back to help him on the backside. That's key. But it was a good matchup for him. He shut Romello White down. Romello White's a nice player. He's an all-Pac-12 kind of guy when he was at Arizona State. And then he comes over to Ole Miss. He's averaging double figures for him. He, got, he had one bucket. One bucket. Only got five shots. And if you remember the one that he, you know, he tried to tried to post up and body up Vanover and go up for a shot, and Vanover just goes up with two hands and just grabs it, yanks it away from him. That was a big man play. And he was taking, Vanover was taking some physical contact inside. He was dishing it back out. Again, he's never going to be the type of guy that's just a bruiser and a banger. But in the right situations, okay, if he's got his base under him, he can bang a little bit down there. It was really good to see that. I know it was good for his confidence. You know, we talked about Devo and the energy he brought. Justin Smith, I thought, looked better offensively. He's First of all, he's great on the defensive end. I mean, there, there were times where he was guarding a, a point guard, and Schuler did a nice job, kept him in front. He was guarding Romello White, their center, got physical with him, banged around. They have those hybrid guys like uh, like K.J. Buffin 
locked him up. But Justin Smith is an incredible defender. They use him in that trap again. He was able to just run away from his man, uh, you know, go do a little run and jump and recover without getting burned. That was great. Offensively, I thought he looked better. He's a little more patient underneath the rim. You know, sometimes he just gets that thing and, and goes up, and he gets his shot blocked a lot, which is weird for a guy that is at, you know, as, as athletic as Justin is. But did a nice job, I think, of timing it up a little bit better, utilizing some head fakes, uh, kind of getting the ball in space a little bit, not too far out, but maybe you know six or eight feet away from the basket, and you know just kind of eyeing his man up and using his athleticism to get around him and get to the basket. So I thought that was a really nice job. Obviously, did well on the glass again. So good stuff from Justin. Desi was aggressive again. I scared me. Okay. Well, first of all, it was like a bloodbath. That game was was really physical. A lot going on. Justin was hobbling a little bit. You know, you, anytime you see that now, you worry about that ankle. It looked like on the sidelines he was stretching out his calf, which I I know Musselman's mentioned that before, but uh, you know, it was nothing that kept him out. Probably sore today. You know, wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't practice. Uh, but he, you know, I would I would imagine he'll be ready to roll for Saturday. But Desi, you know, he got on that breakaway and threw down a, you know, a big-time dunk and just kind of well, he lost his balance and slipped on the rim. And he landed right on, his, right on his ribs, just flat on his chest. And he popped right back up and ran all the way across the court. And then I, I think by the time he got over there, he realized he was out of breath. But you, know, you worry about his ribs and everything like that, the way he landed. But came out for a few minutes, got his wind back. Boom, he's right back out there. I bet he's sore, though, today. I bet that man is sore. Jalen Tate butted heads with, was it Schuler? I think? Uh, chipped a tooth, lost a tooth, whatever it was. So, you know, guys were taking a beating in there. I like it, though. It's good to see the team playing physical and embracing it. And they did. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Moses Moody, you know, from an offensive standpoint, didn't bring you much. You know, he opened the game, uh, got fouled on the three-pointer, made all three, uh, and then he only took three shots from the field. He was in foul trouble, and, and that, that definitely impacted his minutes. Uh, 
but didn't bring as much as you expected from a scoring standpoint. He's going to be fine. But, you know, my takeaway from that is most teams lose when their best player gets shut down or is in foul trouble the whole game or whatever. Uh, Arkansas won by 15, and they had a very efficient offensive night, again, against a top-20 defense in the country uh, without having to lean on him to score big. That's, that's good. That's a, those, these are good signs. That's what this team is capable of when they're dialed in. Can they do it consistently? is the question we'll continue to ask. But, you know, honestly, when you look at it, with a healthy Justin Smith, they have done it consistently all year. And, and that's what's most encouraging to me because as he gets reacclimated, and I think he is at this point, um, he's still not 100%, obviously, but, uh, you know, the, the cohesion, the chemistry, it just feels like this team might be hitting its stride. And you hope so. Okay, because that was a nice win last night, a quad two victory, which is which is huge for the net rankings. So now against these quad two, you know, or, or second tier opponents, you're three and zero. The Razorbacks, you you got this win over Ole Miss, you got the home win against Auburn, and then the Abilene Christian game, which is I told you it was a sneaky good game, and it is. That's a quad two victory. It's solid. My next question though for this team is, can you win the big game? Right, the marquee matchup. That's what we haven't seen yet. They get another chance to answer that question Saturday when they head to Oklahoma State for this SEC Big 12 Challenge. Big, big opportunity for the Razorbacks. So, you know, I, I think though, before I dive into this Oklahoma State preview of the game itself, I mean, there's really a lot of storylines here. Things that make this, you know, an aesthetically a pretty cool game to follow. If I'm being 100% honest, like when when I saw that Arkansas drew Oklahoma State again for the SEC Big 12 Challenge, I was kind of ticked off when I saw it this summer. Mainly because we've already seen it twice in recent years in this event. You know, if, if you remember, they played in Stillwater in 2017. Uh, that was the Dusty Hannah's Moses Kingsley team, and Arkansas got whipped. They lost by almost 30. They got the rematch the following year in Bud Walton Arena. That was the year uh, you had a freshman, Daniel Gafford, uh, Daryl Macon, Jalen Barford, that crew. And it was a great game, low-scoring game. Arkansas won 66-65. So you've seen that twice in recent years. So, so for me, just because of you know some recency bias or whatever, I was hoping to see someone a little bit different. I don't know. Uh, Kansas, Baylor, whoever. Right, uh, But the closer we get, honestly, the more excited I am, I think because of the storylines. And it should be a great game. You know, it's the first meeting between these two teams since the passing of, of Eddie Sutton. Obviously a legendary coach for both programs, took both teams to the Final Four, made an incredible impact. I think it's really cool that the teams are joining forces, uh, kind of coming together on Saturday to honor him you know, in a, in a joint move. I've got to imagine that's going to be really cool. I'm lucky enough to be able to, to physically go to that game, got credentials for that. Uh, so I'm driving over there Saturday to check that out. That's something I'm really looking forward to. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's a nice gesture. But at the same time, it's going to be, um, I believe, the 20-year anniversary of that terrible plane crash. If you remember, it, it took the lives of 10 members of the Oklahoma State program 
Uh, so they're doing a, a Remember the Ten ceremony to, to honor the lives that were lost there. So a lot of stuff going on, you know, before the game at halftime, ceremoniously, things like that. And then you, you've got an Arkansas team now that really, they've got their final out-of-conference opportunity to build their resume. So you can get that signature out-of-league win. You really need it. It stinks what happened with the schedule, you know, for the Razorbacks where you everybody was excited about that tournament in Vegas. You, know, you get an opportunity to play Louisville. Would have been a huge game. Obviously didn't happen. Out of your control. Had the neutral side against Oklahoma. Obviously that didn't happen. That's out of your control. Those are two, you know, absolute, I, I think they're both ranked in the top 25, but they're definitely both tournament caliber teams right now. That would have been huge for the strength of schedule. You had the true road game at Tulsa. Tulsa, uh, listen, that's a good team. They beat Houston, who's you know been top five in the country at, at times this year. So you lose those three games, and it left you with what everyone has said is a, a weak non-conference schedule, and it was. Okay, I mean, We talked about it a minute ago. Abilene Christian is the, <laughs> is the big win there. Um, but it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. But now you get this opportunity against Oklahoma State, who, in, in my opinion, well, it's not my opinion, it's just a fact. If they were eligible for the NCAA tournament, which I think it's crazy that they're not considering none of the players, none of the staff, nobody who was involved in anything that went on there that led to the sanctions is still a member of the program. But these guys are suffering for it. But if they were eligible for the NCAA tournament, they're no doubt a tournament team. Borderline top 25. You know, a lot of people, the, the bracketology experts, believe uh, that one of those final at-large bids come NCAA tournament time is going to come down probably between the SEC or the Big 12. So now you have the SEC Big 12 challenge where you can showcase your teams. It's a big opportunity. Seeing how Arkansas loves to hang out on the bubble, it seems like they could really do themselves a favor a favor by snatching this win on Saturday. Would really boost the resume. Either way, it's going to really help the strength of schedule. It's not going to hurt them if they lose in terms of you know the analytics, the net rankings, and things like that. They might drop a spot or two, but you go on the road and get that win, quad one win that we talk about. You're in pretty good shape. You really are. You know, then you got arguably two of the top three freshmen in the country going at it. Obviously, uh, Cam Thomas over at LSU is the, the leading scorer among freshmen in the nation, but Cade Cunningham, Moses Moody, that's that's two and three. Not to mention these dudes were high school teammates at Montverde, and they're, they're close friends, so it's really cool. Really cool matchup. You know, Cade Cunningham may very well be the number one pick in the NBA draft. If he's not, he's definitely going to be the top two or three. And then you have Moses, who you know a lot of people thought could be a one-and-done guy. And, and then he rose to, seems like he's pretty much a lock for the first round. Now you're seeing him in a lot of lottery, draft lottery projections. You got a couple young stars going at it. That's awesome. I guess it's not 100% certain if, if Cunningham plays. Kind of a weird deal. I, I mean, it, I think they pretty much come out and said he's missed some time, you know, in, in COVID protocol or whatever. Um, I assume he's cleared for that because he warmed up against Iowa State the other day.
but then he didn't play. And and listen, Oklahoma State's coach after the game, it kind of sent he said he, he was really in no no shape to play, and it's it's about physical conditioning and stuff like that. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they buy that or if they thought, hey, we're also playing a depleted Iowa State team that has six scholarship players. We should be able to kill them without Cade and and make sure that he's right. So we'll see. I assume he's going to be active on Saturday. Who knows how much he's going to go, uh, and, and if he's 100%, we'll see. But I, I hope he is uh, because you'd really, really love to see that matchup. And, and man, the storylines don't end there. I mean, you, if you remember, uh, Devo Davis was a longtime Oklahoma State commit before he flipped and signed with Arkansas once a Muslim man came over. Oklahoma State has a freshman over there, Rondell Walker, uh, who the Hogs were hot after. Musselman said on his radio show, I think that he may have been a silent commit for a period of time. So that that's always interesting. You always wonder how that motivates guys going into the game. I know we asked Devo the very first time we got to interview him before the season, and somebody brought up this matchup against Oklahoma State. And, you know, he was basically like, hey, I, I'm all Hog now, but, yeah, it's it's circled on my calendar. As if that man needs more motivation to play hard. My goodness. You know, it's not going to be an easy one uh, for Arkansas. They, they do need to find a way to get it done, though. Like I said, that's a big one. But this is a good Oklahoma State team. They started the year uh, a little bit slow. Uh, but, I mean, they have a win at Texas Tech, which is very hard to do. They beat Kansas at home. Uh, they've hung, you know, they hung tough shorthanded against Baylor, who's really good. They they still had guys in quarantine uh, last week. You know, they lost by three to West Virginia, who's ranked. Uh, lost by three to Texas, who's very very good this year. This is a, it's a good team. You know, you take a look at their stats, and they obviously Cade Cunningham leads the way. He's averaging just under 18 points per game. He's gonna be a tough matchup. I wonder how Arkansas guards him. He's six eight, two twenty. So he's, he's got the frame and the size to, you know, probably do a little bit of damage inside, but uh, really just a, a three-level scorer. Do you, do you roll with Tate on him, who's your, you know, your top perimeter defender? I don't know how much he's going to give up physically there. He might be able to, to keep him in front a little bit on the perimeter. Does he get bullied? I wonder. Uh, Justin Smith, maybe he's a good matchup for him. Could Moody guard him for a period of time? That'd be interesting. Moody's not giving up too much size there, and obviously he's, he's played with him, he knows him, is probably aware of his tendencies. Could work. So I'll be really interested to see, you know, the thing about Musselman every game uh, really, really makes it a point to try to take away the other team's best player or at least limit them in some ways. You know, we saw it with Scottie Pippen Jr. where it was all about, hey, don't bite on his head fakes. Don't let him go to the free throw line. They limited him. In terms of his free throw attempts with Cooper, it was okay. This guy might score on us, but we're gonna get the ball out of his hands. He's not gonna distribute and dish out a dozen assists. So they started bringing those doubles and getting the ball out of his hands. He scored 25, but they held him to four assists, just six lower than his season average. So what are they gonna do with Cunningham? Interested to see. Mentioned Walker doing a nice job for him as a freshman. He's averaging 10 points per game. He had a really nice game uh, the other day against Iowa State. Isaac Lykakili, Lykakil, not sure how to say that one, 
Uh, 6'5", though, so so good size there on the wing. He's averaging 11 and a half points per game, almost eight boards. So kind of one of those uh, you know multifaceted wing players there. They're they're big and long. They've got the Boone brothers uh, in there, Keelan and Kaleeb, which are which are both you know six eight, six nine, super athletic guys. Another really good freshman uh, in Moncrief. Uh, more of a back to the basket and and physical post presence in there. So these guys are athletic. They play defense. So it's another team that's going to come in with a top thirty defense nationally. Um, should be a great matchup. Really should. You know, big picture again. Arkansas is in a really good spot. It it's crazy. But if if you go take a look at the SEC standings. You know, Alabama right now is obviously they're running away with it. They they essentially are your your SEC regular season champions, and they've got a three game cushion on everybody else. But what that means is the second place team in the league has three losses. Well, Arkansas has four. Right, so you're at the halfway point of the conference schedule, and you take a look at it. Arkansas is one game out of second place. Obviously, you've got some tiebreakers and things like that. There's a lot of basketball to be played, but, I mean, that's a great position to be in considering, you know, how we were feeling 10 days ago. You control your own path with the schedule that's ahead of you, which I think is really important. You know, the the Hogs still have an opportunity to play everyone that's ranked ahead of them in the conference standings except for Tennessee. So that means you can exact revenge on a number of teams. Talking to you, Mizzou, LSU, Alabama, right? So you get those rematches. You get Florida coming into your building. So a lot of good opportunities there. And then you play, you know, some of the teams below you that are, that are fighting to catch you. You got to take care of business in those as well. So not a bad spot to be in. You know, before last night, I, I guess Joe Lenardi still had Arkansas in the field as an 11 seed, so kind of teetering towards that bubble. I checked bracket matrix this morning. I've got you average out as a like a 10.5 seed. Could really establish themselves, I think, with, with a win this weekend. You know, that LSU-Alabama week, that hurt. There, there's no doubt. Just, just the manner in which it happened. We talked about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but it did take you from, you know, very safely – in the field and, and every you know every bracketologist eyes to kind of barely hanging on and, and so everybody's been in wait and see mode so you know done exactly what you needed to do so far if you're the Razorbacks which is start stacking wins in this key stretch you won three in a row it's great now you have opportunity ahead right so the, this Oklahoma State game we talked about the importance of it for for strength schedule quad one opportunity and all that then you come home and you got two games in your own building against teams, again, who are, who are dangerous but still below you in the standings, teams that you need to beat in Mississippi State and Texas A&M on your home floor. If you're able to do that and get up to 7-4 and four in league play, then we're talking. i got to say, though, the metrics love Arkansas. They absolutely love Arkansas, which I, I feel really good about where they're at currently. You, you go look at those, those net rankings this morning, Arkansas is back up to number 28. It's a really good number. Pick up a quad one win at Oklahoma State this weekend. Suddenly, you're, then you're 2-4 and four in quad one games. You're 3-0 you're and oh in quad two. 
you're right back in the net top 25. That's huge. And, and I think at this point, what a lot of people were waiting on in terms of you know, where does this Arkansas team fit come March is one, are they, are they going to remain consistent? And like I said, I, I think that that rough stretch without Justin Smith, <laughs> we knew it hurt, but maybe it hurt more than we thought because they, they appear to be a different team without him. So maybe you find that consistency, and then can they win the big game? And if they prove they can do that, I think they're going to take a leap, a significant one. You know, Ken Palm, which I, I really love their analytics, uh, you dropped as low as 45 about a week ago. Today you're back up to 32. That's a solid spot. Arkansas is top 40 nationally in, in both offensive and defensive efficiencies. So really, we're to the point in the season where you're halfway through the conference schedule. So these numbers aren't skewed anymore by the soft non-conference. You remember early in the year when Arkansas was rated so high and everything, and people were like, oh, well, it, it's, it's going to balance out because, you know, the going's about to get a lot tougher, right? Well, it has. The numbers are still playing out well. So they're in a good spot. ESPN's BPI, it's really, if you if you hop on there and, and mess around on that BPI, the predictor and everything like that, it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool little site that you can mess around with. Uh, but the, the basketball power index predictor has Arkansas's highest percentage chance now to finish season 20-7 and seven overall and 11-7 and seven in the SEC. There's like a percentage rating for every possible record you can have moving forward. The highest percentage has them there. Listen, if, if the Hogs win 20 games and go 11-7 and seven in SEC play, not only are they going to be dancing come March, they're going to be a strong seed going into it. It's pretty interesting. It's fun to look at. Like I said, you know, BPI gives Arkansas a 47% chance not only to make the NCAA tournament, but to make it and win a game. Give them a 0.3% chance to win the national title. So you're telling me there's a chance, right? I love it. I also thought it was interesting that the BPI gives Arkansas a 59% chance to go into Stillwater and beat Oklahoma State this weekend. I don't know if the betting lines are, are going to agree with that when they when they come out. I don't know if they've been posted yet, but uh, that's interesting. You love to see it. I was going to touch on a couple little things from the recruiting standpoint before I, I get to some questions and comments. Uh, been getting a lot of questions about, you know, 2021. What's, you know, how are things going to end up for Arkansas? Obviously, we know Kamani Johnson's practicing with the team. McCole Mawine, the JUCO prospect, power forward's coming in. Then Chance Moore, uh, the wing out of Georgia. Arkansas does still have one scholarship available for 2021. On signing day back in November, Musselman said, listen, I mean, there's, there's not going to be any surprises. We're basically going to use that for the transfer portal, that and anything else that comes open, right? I do expect Arkansas is going to have more than one spot to fill. Okay, whether that's Moody going pro or, you know, some other guys deciding to, to go elsewhere, I, I, I anticipate they're going to have more than one spot. But uh, one worth keeping an eye on is in-state prospect who's over in Virginia now, Jalen Ricks. Okay, we've, we've had some stories ran on him uh, on 24-7 from some of our national writers. 
He's a 6'7 wing, again, Arkansas native who played with K.K. Robinson at Oak Hill, and he's back there this year. Things with the Razorbacks did go quiet uh, late in the summer, but he's really been playing well and picking up momentum uh, through the course of the, this season over at Oak Hill, and his recruitment has too. And so I, I did get a chance to exchange some messages with him a few days ago. Uh, the Hogs have been in, in touch more frequently as of late, as of you know, a lot of other schools. That's what happens when you play at a place like that and you play well. Okay? Uh, Texas A&M, Murray State, Tulsa, Bowling Green, a lot of people there uh, getting after him. Really, really great kid, working hard. He's improving. Uh, I, I, I still anticipate um, that Arkansas is going to want to go out and make a splash in that transfer portal Again, you don't know – right now you have one spot. You don't know how many you're going to have. But I do think Jalen Ricks uh, could be one to keep an eye on here uh, as we continue to move forward. You know, then as far as, as 2022 goes, everyone's so excited about that in-state crop. It's, it's just so loaded with talent that continues to rise at the national level. It's really exciting. Uh, really looking forward to, to getting out and seeing these guys in, on a national schedule during the grassroots season, fingers crossed that, you know, the, the Nike EYBL and the Adidas circuit and things like that were able to go off, at, you know, maybe not without a hitch, but just happen. <laughs> that, w- that would be exciting because if you know me, I, I belong in the gym, so I'm, I'm itching to get out there uh, and, and interact with some of these guys and evaluate them, see them play against some top-level competition. Obviously, uh, Joseph Pinion, 6'6 wing out of, out of Moralton, He's already committed to Arkansas. He's been looking really, really good. I think he's one that's going to see his stock rise and that, that rating start to go up uh, You know, once he gets into the summer circuit. But he was at the game last night, by the way, so got to got to post a nice pic of him and, and the fam. Got some good quotes afterwards. You know, he, he was excited. He enjoyed himself, really thought the team played well together. You know, talked about how, how, you know, being in that environment makes him itch to want to get out there. You know, he's, he's excited to get out there and join the team. Still got a couple years. Uh, but he was really impressed with the atmosphere. You know, it was just 4,000 people in the building. You know, he's, he said, hey, I've, I'm, I'm anxious to see what it's like with 20,000. And hopefully we're back to that, you know, by the time he's there. So that was good to see. Also got a chance to catch up with a, a recent out-of-state offer in that 2022 class, Braden Moore. 6'8 stretch forward out of Tennessee, who's really just seen his recruitment go nuts in recent weeks. I mean, he picked up an Arkansas offer, and, you know, within 48 hours from that, he got like a dozen more from high major Power 5 schools. So uh, the offers really keep pouring in for him. He's really started to lock in on the SEC as a league that it appeals to him. He's intrigued. He likes Arkansas, likes what they have going on, wants to make a visit, and he started developing a good bond with Pinion. He tells me. So you, you love it when you've got the commits and the recruits kind of helping you out from that standpoint. So definitely want to keep an eye on there. Obviously plenty of in-state guys too, you know, that, that they're going to be a priority for the Hogs and they're going to have their work cut out for them to keep some of these guys in state because the, you know, the blue bloods are, are coming a calling. But obviously you've got Nick Smith and, and Khalil Ware, Darian Ford, all those guys. So uh, really going to be an exciting time to be following Razorback basketball recruitment. I'm definitely excited to cover it. Starting to hear that we might be moving from this dead period, which, you know, no visits, coaches can't get out on the road. It's been that way for nearly a year now, which has been crazy, uh, that they might be considering moving to a quiet period after the Final Four, which would mean 
you know, coaches still can't go out and get on the road yet, but they can have some on-campus visitors, which is huge, especially for a school like Arkansas with, with the out-of-state recruiting too. You know, Arkansas and, and Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville, the campus, it, it over-delivers every time you get a kid here. These kids from out of state, they hear Arkansas and they're like, what? Where? You guys know how it is. But you come here and, and you see the area and everything that it has to offer and the campus and facilities. There's no way that it doesn't impress. So being able to get that and you know, they still have the virtual tours and things like that. And if there's one thing we know, it's that Muscleman, that coaching staff are, are ahead of the game in terms of creativity and, and innovation with that kind of stuff. But there's something to be said for getting them physically on campus and build that bond. So I, I really do hope that that happens. Let's see if we got some questions and comments today. Michelle Rava says they looked great yesterday. They did. They sure did. I thought it was an impressive performance. One of, one of their, if not the most, one of the most complete performances of the year. Roman Burnside says, get it, son. What's up, buddy? How's college going? Toddy e. Jones, they talked about anything and everything but the Hogs Ole Miss game. Man, you ain't lying. That just absolutely drove me nuts. And I, I had saw, you know, obviously I wasn't scrolling through the tweets and stuff too much during the game while I was there. But, you know, as I as I did when I got home, was laying down for bed, I, I've seen a lot of people complain about it. We had some threads started about it on our, our Razor's Edge premium message board. And, uh, it, it, you know, I, I watched a little bit this morning and I was like – at first, I'm thinking, okay, did I did I hit the recording for last week's Auburn game? Like, what am I watching here? Man, come on. Beat them twice, swept them. Let's talk about that. Ben Brandon says, hey, Curtis, what's up, man? We got to get you on the show soon. Hunter Martin says, if Moody continues to have those these quiet games, could that potentially lower his draft stock and return for another year? Um, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Now, you know, if he went on, you know, just maybe a crazy prolonged streak, you know, here for the next month or so, sure, you know, it, it hits the freshman wall or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, all those intangibles are there. And, and I think a lot of it with Moody is he has the size and, and the potential to develop a lot of things. And he still is. You know, we talk about the need for him to be, a little bit better creating his own shot off the bounce and, and things like that. But uh, a lot of it with him is just his feel for the game. You know, he's he's really, really mature uh, as a player and as a guy who could step in and, you know, schematically in terms of being able to handle that environment, he could do it right away. And I, I think that's a lot of the appeal for him as an NBA prospect. And then, you know, it's crazy because he has had a few of those games now where you look up at the end you're like, well, where the heck was Moody tonight? But then he's still, you know, in the top three among freshmen in scoring in the country. So you never know what goes through a guy's mind. I mean, he's he's a really, really smart kid with a bright future. Takes his academics very seriously. Maybe he wants to stick around and get his degree. He could probably do it in two and a half years <laughs> as, as, as smart of a guy as he is. But, yeah, I, I don't have any inside intel there, but I think he's out of here. I'd go if millions were calling my name. <laughs> Gerald Robert Burns says, good stuff. Thank you. 
Jason Carnley, Davidson Smith, huge part of this turnaround. Glad to have Smith back. Toughness, yeah. Those two guys embody that toughness that, you know, when Arkansas was on that that stretch there, they were really struggling for a while. That's what was missing, right? But those guys are physical. They're fearless. You have others who are like that too, but I, I think Davis and Smith really, really help from that standpoint. Like I said, they're, they're, they just are a different team with Smith back out there on the floor. Ryan Lawson says, Devo has quickly become my favorite player on the team. I tell you what, I'm not going to pick favorites, but I, I sure love watching him play. And that energy is incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's going to be a good one. Ahead of schedule for sure. You know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that coming into the season, I, I kind of had him, you know, the low man on the totem pole thinking, it, you know, the intangibles are there, but he's raw. He needs to develop. And he does still, but you, you can't deny those intangibles <laughs> at some point. So he's really, really been a big piece of the puzzle for the Hogs. Brandon Huckabee, literally my brother. Good to see you working hard on covering the Hogs. Do you think we get a chance to go deep this year if COVID lets us? Well, uh, one, yeah, this team absolutely could. It's all about getting there first, right? Getting in, once you get in, it's all about matchups. And the, the thing that I like about Eric Musselman and Eric Musselman coach team once you get to tournament play is he's such a tactician on game plan specific matchups, things like that, right? So his ability to prepare for another team on the fly, uh, I think that's going to really pay dividends once they're able to get into that situation. You know, you want to avoid, you know, let, let's see if we could not get an 8-9 game and then have to play Gonzaga or something in the in the second round. But, uh, you know, I I do think that this team has the, the versatility and the pieces uh, to be able to make a little bit of a run. I, I really do. I thought I thought coming into the season, especially if they would have had Isaiah Joe that could maybe break that Sweet 16 slump, um, you know, I, I won't go as far to, as to say that here, but do, do I think they could get in and battle and win a game? Absolutely. And then, you know, if, if COVID lets us, you know, I, it sounds like they have a plan for the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis at a bunch of different venues there which is cool. It's going to be really interesting because you, they've got all these guidelines and rules on, you know, exactly how you have to travel to get there, uh, where you're going to stay, how you're going to eat your meals. Like they're really being careful about it. You have to have seven consecutive negative tests before you can get cleared to come. So what, what happens if a team has an outbreak? Is it a forfeit or, you know, they have like other teams standing by to fill in? I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I've been hearing a lot of talk, and I plan on asking Musselman his thoughts about this today. We've got a press conference with him here a little bit later. Uh, but, you know, I've heard a lot of coaches talking about conference tournaments. Should we even have them? Some people think no. Frank Martin at, at South Carolina says no. Others have wondered. I, I heard uh, Coach Mack over at Louisville say, well, you know, for teams who – are almost a shoe-in to get into the NCAA tournament, no matter what they do in the conference tournament, why don't they just opt out of it? Some are talking about, you know, shortening it up and having fewer teams. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm just kind of curious what Musselman thinks about the whole thing. Um, you know, he's always been a, he's been a big proponent all year of playing as many games as possible. So I would imagine that's, you know, kind of how he feels about it, but 
I don't know. It's really interesting. A lot of people are starting to weigh in on that topic. Ryan Horn says, I got a highlight tape of a high school player. Where do I send it to? I know you have connections with a lot of people that you could point us in the right way. Uh, shoot me a message. Follow me here on, on Facebook, maybe. Shoot me a message. Mark Spravalli, watching from STL. What's up, Mark? How are the Blues doing? Marcus Brown, Hogs play great. Got to keep the train rolling. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, like I said, this is that stretch where you can start stacking some wins, building a cushion. That's what you got to do. What's your prediction for this Saturday? Man, it's going to be a tough one. Honestly, a lot of things inside of me want to say that that Arkansas loses a close game, but at some point they're going to get over that hump, right? At some point this program is going to get over that hump. That's why Musselman's here, to take that next step. I can't think of a better time to do it than right now. Riding high, you got a three-game win streak. You know what's on the line. You have this opportunity on the national stage. Let's go. They're going to get it done. There's my prediction. I'm on the record. MP Reach says, Hey, Curtis, we picked Suey from SoCal. Notice towards the end of the game, the Hogs were sitting at the top, passing the ball back and forth, lost the ball a few times. Vanover is all by himself in the right-hand corner. Looked to me like one pass down low to him would have flattened the defense out, would have made it easier on him. Yeah, they they did. They started milking the clock a little bit down the stretch. It almost looked like they were playing keep away. Yeah, I remember when I was in you know junior high and and stuff like that. We'd you know put four people in the corner and have them passing it around, and there'd be one guy in the middle that's just running around trying to steal it. It almost kind of looked like that. Uh, but they were just trying to milk some clock, play the possession game. Uh, but, you know, that's why I said earlier, if, if they weren't doing that, I feel like they could have scored 80-plus easily on this defense, and there were, and it, it wasn't just in that situation with Connor. Uh, they missed him a handful of times on, you know, rolls in the pick and roll, on cuts and dives to the baskets because teams have gotten so used to him just floating around on the perimeter, and he was being aggressive cutting towards the rim. That's why he got a few dunks for one, but two, that was an adjustment that Ole Miss didn't really make. So, you know, if, if guys would have had their head on the swivel a little bit more, Connor would have had a big game with more dunks. <clears throat> Marcus Brown, what was the starting five for the Hogs last night? They went uh, Jalen Tate, Desi Sills, Moses Moody, Justin Smith, and Connor Vanover. Nick Headley, Devo, great showing. Yes, he did. Yeah, David Stouffer said it looked like Smith aggravated his ankle. It it did. Again, I saw him I saw him stretching that calf out a lot, um, and, and it looked like that's what the trainer was looking like. I I don't know. We'll probably get an update on that here shortly. Hunter Martin, do they randomize the matchups for these SEC Big Twelve games? Do they look at best potential games? Always wondered about that. I I do think maybe some of it this year changed a little bit. They wanted to keep it, you know, closer distance. For travel with everything going on but usually um, I think the main thing that they do is if you go on the road one year then you play at home the next so obviously we, we had TCU at Bud Walton last year so you knew Arkansas was going to go on the road so then that that gives you about half of the pool 
out of the Big 12 who traveled the year before that would get a home game. So then you're limited to like five or six possible teams that you could play. Naturally, we get Oklahoma State. <laughs> Matt Bounce, Hogs D looked scrappy last night. They did. They really did. At half court defense, it's, this team is really starting to turn a corner. Again, I know I sound like a broken record. Justin Smith changes everything. It really does. Wesley Harris says, will this be a no van over kind of game? Are they quick? Or will he be part of the rotation still? I, I bet he gets the start. Um, and it kind of seems like that's Musselman's thing because you never really know. I mean, there are some matchups where it's it's pretty straightforward, right? Alabama, LSU, that, that's just not really going to work. Against some of these other teams, it could, right? So I, I imagine he'll start him and, you know, we'll see over the course of the first few minutes if it's going to be a good matchup or not. It might be a deal where they have to go into their bench a little bit. I do know the the Boone twin for Oklahoma State that um, plays on the inside for them. He's he's pretty mobile and athletic, but he's not a not a perimeter threat from three. So uh, maybe try him on that guy for a while and and see how that matchup works. So um, they they are quick. They're pretty athletic. I don't know if it'll be a game where Connor can play, you know, twenty six minutes or whatever he did the other day, but. Um, I do think he'll get a shot early, and I think he'll he'll definitely probably have a little bit longer of a leash now that he's been playing well the last couple games. Isaac Riley says, whatever Muss has done these last two games, hopefully it carries over. Woo pig suey. Yeah, no kidding. He's pushing the right buttons right now, ain't he? Scott Ashcroft says, Devo, he's so smooth. He's going to be very big for the U of A. Yeah, the, the future's so bright for him, uh, and it, it's just so important. And critical that he's been able to to play because you can't just you know if you're muscle a lot of people are saying well why isn't he playing the freshman more why isn't he playing the freshman more early in the season you can't just throw guys out there you know his, his job is to win games he's the one that sees them in practice every day sees their development he's with them in the film room okay understands their confidence understands the matchups things like that so it's not as easy as just throwing them out there to the wolves because his job is to win games that's what he's that's what he's getting paid to do but for a guy like Devo, Jalen Williams, to have worked as hard as they did and, and keep their head on straight, stay motivated, and develop to the point where they can be an asset to the team and play the roles that they are, it's so big for the future. Because if they wouldn't have had that, then you're looking at next year's team going, oh man, there's a lot way more questions than answers here. But now you can look ahead and go, yeah, Devo and Jalen Williams, those guys are going to be huge pieces get a healthy KK involved, certainly help, right? Gerald Robert Burns says, doubling up on defense really looked good. Yeah, Arkansas is good with that half-court trap. They do it out of a man. And most of the time, it's it's just Justin Smith. He just takes off. <laughs> he just he'll, he'll literally just leave his man and go double. And I thought it was really interesting, and Musselman brought this up last night, a lot of times, teams will have a big man inbound the ball. So it's usually like your four, your power forward. He'll inbound the ball to the guard, and he's kind of the trailer. And so that'll be the guy that Justin Smith is guarding. Then as soon as they cross half court, he'll just leave that man and go to the point guard, and they'll double him. Well, Miss started using two guards, 
And Mus didn't care. He would send Note or Desi or whoever off the other guard to go send that double team. So it was interesting that he stuck with that. Pretty savvy move. Robert James Hurst says, man, I know Moses is good, no doubt, but I'm really excited about uh, Devo, Jalen, and KK. Huge upside. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you love having the, the one-and-done types. Again, I'm not guaranteeing that's the case with Moses, okay? Don't, don't misquote me here. Uh, but it sure seems like his, his future as a professional is going to come sooner rather than later. I think that's probably fair to say. But, uh, you know, having those guys that, that you think are going to be in your program maybe for three, four years, that, that's huge. And you're right. You know, with, with what we've seen from Devo and KK, uh, excuse me, Jalen, you got to love it. You got to love the development. And a lot of times players take their biggest step forward from their freshman to sophomore year. And then with KK, what you have to consider, uh, it's not like one of those freak injuries that happens in the moment. All right, this is something that was lingering and bothering him since the red-white game, as we heard. So now I think when you look at that, you've got to say, okay, well, how much did that impact his play? He was fully healthy with, with the full bounce in his step. Uh, you know, what kind of role would he have been playing? So something to think about. But, yeah, I'm excited about those three, no doubt. Okay. Man. A lot of interaction today, questions and comments. I love it. Keep that stuff coming. That's exciting. It really is. I think we just about covered. We've been going for an hour. It's a long show. I love it. Again, I, I really do appreciate you guys listening in, tuning in, downloading the podcast, whatever it is that you do uh, to find the show. Really do appreciate that. There will be a slight change next week uh, that I wanted to make note of. And really for the next few weeks moving forward, uh, since Arkansas plays their midweek game, it'll be against Mississippi State next week, on Tuesday instead of Wednesday, this show, Hog Hoops Live, is going to come to you the day after on Wednesday. So it'll always be the day after the midweek game. So the next couple weeks here, we've got these Tuesday games. We'll run the show on Wednesday, so a day earlier than usual next week. Uh, but hey, in, until then, everybody have a great week. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, make sure you tune in to the SEC Big 12 Challenge on Saturday. Got the Super Bowl coming up. A lot of exciting stuff. And then we'll be right back here next week. As always, appreciate it. We will catch you next time on Hog Hoops Live.